incredible goal. He flicks it over the midfield player's head and then swivels on it and hits it with his foot in the corner. And we were all kind of stood there going, did he actually just do that? Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Welcome along to a St. Stephen's Day edition of Off the Ball. We are live between now and 7pm, taking in Premier League commentary on the leaders in the English top flight, Manchester City, who take on Leicester. City could end the day six points clear at the summit of the table if they win. Vinnie Perth and Nathan Murphy will have commentary from 3pm. We'll keep you up to date on all the rest of the Premier League games that are going ahead today. Also the action in Scotland and the festive racing, including the King George across Channel and racing today at Leopardstown and at Limerick. No rugby due to Omicron, Ripping through many of the sporting fixtures and that is probably a theme that will come up throughout the afternoon but plenty to look forward to between now and 7pm we kick it off with the news round Andrew Martin is here with me Andrew how are you getting on? Good yourself did you have a good Christmas? I did I kind of had half an eye on today admittedly yeah, here yeah. and had slight concern on Friday I was like wait a minute three Premier League games are gone could all of them fall on St Stephen's Day? Leaving yeah. you and I with a best of with, Yeah with a best of yeah we'd be playing pre-rex all day But we're here live and we've got a very important game in the Premier League coming up with Man City and Leicester. Leicester, difficult for them after going to Anfield, despite their COVID problems, playing really well midweek, should have won, concede a 95th minute equaliser. Then Cuevin Keller comes to the core, saves a couple of penalties in the penalty shootout and Leicester end up having an energy sapping game and then have to turn around to play the Premier League leaders today. Yeah, it, I don't know about you, but I feel that the the fixture list I kind of agree with Jurgen Klopp in the sense that there's too many games going on especially with COVID at the moment you know I, I would rather watch these games with the best players fit and ready to play against each other than watching every single team have half their players out I'm and surprised they didn't take they were calling it kind of a circuit break to use the UK government's terminology I'm surprised they didn't just say right let's just write off this weekend because the teams are out twice more over the next 10 days anyway so yeah. there's a lot of fixtures to be played so many maybe their concern was that six games had fallen last weekend there's not too much space in the calendar there's international windows coming up at the end of January mm. they probably felt well we're going to end up with too many games crunched into too short a period of time but if teams are genuinely hit with more than half a dozen cases each which seems to be the case across the league this is a mess an absolute mess yeah there's too many games on uh, and this was going to happen either way like with the African Cup of Nations coming up in what the end of January as well and seemingly is now going to go ahead for a while it looks like it wasn't but now it will yeah and if if so many players are going to be out with COVID even up till then imagine some of these teams that rely a lot on their African players that go away and then a lot of their players then get COVID as well there's going to be an influx of too many games going on Yeah, I could take Kenny Cunningham's point I was chatting to an OTBM on Thursday and he said look this is the reason the Premier League clubs have got massive squads it's the reason they have an academy you've got to bring players in you've got to get through a period this is like an injury crisis you just have to accept it that some players won't be available and you have to play but you look at Crystal Palace who we'll talk about in a moment mm. that wanted the game off against Spurs today mm. their manager is out they've got at least half a dozen players who are now actively uh, isolating because of COVID-19 mm. chances are they're really really restricted in the team that they can put out this afternoon so some teams were able to get matches off some teams weren't and that's where the problem comes in. It's this grey area yeah. around playing safely. Yeah, like uh, how do you know which team is okay to go out and play? You know, like Chelsea had, what, six players out with COVID and then three or four out with injuries as well. Then you look at other teams, like you said, with Crystal Palace there. Like uh, which teams do you say they can play? Brentford's had, what was it, eight squad players mm. last week and yet they their game went ahead uh, two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and the line is that if you've got 13 players available in your registered squad, play away but that's, that's not enough especially if they're playing in three days time as well 
Yeah, well, that's the concern. If you're due to play, some teams are down for 26-28. So like literally tomorrow becomes a recovery day and you're back in the bus to wherever your game is on the 28th. If you pick up an injury of any sort or a strain or any kind of niggle, you're probably going to miss three festive fixtures. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. Without a doubt. And this is really crunch time now as well. Like There's so many games going on. If you lose two, two games, you're going to be very far down the table and where you want to be. Look at Chelsea at the moment. They're what? Six points off Leaders Man, City, Leaders Man City at the moment. Could be nine by the time they kick off against Villa tonight. Could be, yeah. And with all the injuries going on, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with their form at the moment. And yeah. then, like, it, this could happen with any team. I just, I just think it's too many games myself. Yeah, it feels weird. You see the NBA at the moment where players are now being recruited mid-season to just fill a gap because of contracts, too. yeah. And then you've got the NFL where I was watching a bit of the Packers game before I went to bed last night mm. and they were talking about how many NFL teams might have to dip right down. Like, they have massive squads. Massive, yeah. But they're dipping down to third and fourth in their selections to try and just get over games. At yeah, the and it's not ideal. I mean, yes, those players are there, but anyone will tell you that they want their best players out there to play every game because you want to go and win every game. If you're going out there with your third string or fourth string player, yes, that's great to get experience for them. But this is, as I just said, this is crunch time. They need to go out and they need to be winning games, getting points on the table. It's a polarising debate. By all means, text us in with your opinion on a 53106 for 30 cent or you can tweet us at off the ball. Now, Man City can end the day six points clear at the top of the Premier League if they can beat Leicester this afternoon. It'll be our live commentary game from 3pm. We'll begin the build-up at around half past two with former Dundalk boss Vinnie Perth who is going to join Nathan Murphy on commentary. Ferran Torres is on the verge of leaving City to join Barcelona next week and the City boss Pep Guardiola says while they would have preferred to keep the Spanish forward, the club are always planning for the future. Vinny, Sergio, David and, and Pablo and, and, and many important players that they did what they have done for this club is incredible. But the club always have to work day by day thinking the sport director will not be here, the manager will not be here, the important players will not be here because it's not, you know, how players and these players will be 10 years all the time here. You know, players move. Every season has to move for reasons. Like Ferran show, no, now I'm not happy anymore here, I'm going to leave. So it happened quite often and the club has to be prepared for that because it cannot be a stop, you know. The club must follow and follow and follow and take the right decision. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So, but the intention is always, we would love to have been here 10 more years, or Sergio 10 more years, or, but they have one age, they have injuries, they have uh, reasons. You have to value how many games can play during the season in this tough, tough competition like Premier League. And, and the, the club has to be ready, has to be prepared and ready to, to, to find a solution when that's happened. But it's normal. It's a question of time. It's a question of time. So people get old, manager get old, sport director get old, and they have to be replaced. Like a normal situation, it happens all the time, it's going to happen in the future. It's not, not a big problem. If, the, the, if you anticipate the situations, you can say, OK, we, what we need exactly, the way we want to play, how we can replace emotionally the soul of the club. For the, it's impossible. There are few players that are replaceable. They were so important in the soul for the people, for the fans, for the, what they have done. You know, people like, like you know, Bini, Sergio, this type of players are, oh my God, how you, 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 you swap. It's impossible. Impossible. Because it's not just the goals. It's not just, it's not just the goals. It's not just the many, many things. And, and what do you have to do? And, and so far, we cannot complain for the fact that 
we are, after that, we are still there. You know, I'm not saying now in December, end of December, how many Tatas are going to win. Nobody knows. But we are there. Pep Guardiola there speaking on Friday said the deal is very close it's about to get over the line it looks like it's going to be 55 million euro it's structured in such a way that Barcelona can make the payments very gradually to Manchester City which will help with their financial situation Andrew but Ferran Torres he's kind of dropped out of the City squad about being a frontline attacker a little mm. bit in recent games I think he's got a foot injury currently so he's not going to play for a few weeks after he signs is this a good deal or a bad deal for City like they've trebled their money essentially from what they bought him from Valencia but given what he's done for Spain, particularly over the last summer and in the qualifiers this autumn, are they letting a very good player go here? Oh yeah, this is a bad deal for Man City, I think. I mean, when have we ever spoken about the money when it comes to Man City selling a player? You know, that's not their business model. They're not going out there to buy players and sell them on in a few years for profit. They're looking for the best players in the world to go and win them trophies. That's They're not exactly looking for the to go and do that that isn't really what they've been doing but Ferran Torres is a fantastic player uh, it's never been a thing for Pep Guardiola to have a set 11 or to have set players that always play every game even look at De Bruyne it doesn't play week in week out and a lot of fancy Premier League uh, fans would uh, be annoyed by that and rightly so but when you're a young player like Ferran Torres who wants to play every single game you would need to go somewhere and get that kind of experience working under Pep Guardiola is probably one of the best things you could probably do for your career but if you're not playing every game how good are you really like look at Gabriel Jesus I mean when he came to Man City was it three years ago everyone thought he was the next big thing and now everyone's wondering what's going on because he was signed as a striker and everyone just says that they don't have a striker It's an unusual succession plan because when Ferran Torres got that hat-trick against Newcastle at the tail end of last year Mm. and then played quite well centrally for Spain generally he plays out wide but uh, when Spain dropped Morales to the bench they often played Ferran Torres through the middle I thought here's a potential Sergio Aguero succession plan that maybe they wouldn't have considered at the start because Pep Guardiola seems to like playing Gabriel Jesus out wide. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one and as well as that, who do you take out of the Man City team to put in Ferran Torres at the moment? Mm. I mean, Sterling's playing great. You have Jack Grudis in there. You're not really going to take him away. Uh, like there's, there's so Phil many players. generally Phil Foden, plays in the more yeah. attacking position yeah. now than midfield. Mahrez as well mm. usually gets a, a lot of game time. So uh, the one thing I'm surprised about, uh, you already alluded to it there, Barcelona are paying in payments. I'm just surprised that they had the money to go ahead and buy someone. I'm surprised City were willing to accept it. That too, yeah. I mean, for the last year and a half, all we've heard from Ronald Koeman was that they didn't have the money to invest in quality players. And the second Xavi comes in, it's all about reforming the team and getting players that actually play well. From my understanding of their position currently is that they restructured some of their debt and got additional loans from Goldman Sachs recently enough I think it was last month the problem that they really have and it's an unfortunate way that this has happened but some of their wage cap has been freed up by Sergio Aguero's forced Mm. retirement so it looks like they'll be able to use that bit of the cap space to put Ferran Torres in but if they want more than one player they're going to have to get players out this window and I would think the Barcelona will be calling Newcastle pretty quickly and <laughs> yeah. saying hey would you like Philippe Coutinho I, I think like that's MTG? a perfect match as well Yeah, Philippe Coutinho in that Newcastle team would do very well him and Anse Maxim in the same squad I think they'd actually have a chance of maybe staying up with Philippe it's Coutinho. whether Champions League winner Philippe Coutinho is willing to fight for a relegation battling team that that too uh, who else would you say would be good in that team Newcastle Yeah, I, I don't know because I think they're in a very awkward point of their development where mm. 
I would think if you were the Saudi Arabian group who took over the club, you would have been hoping that they would have picked up more points in the kind of half dozen games that Eddie Howe is now had in charge. Mm. And they would have been hoping to go into January at least out of the Premier League relegation zone. And then you buy players who are going to be solid in the Premier League, mm. try and consolidate, get to kind of halfway maybe for next year, and then slowly but surely shed some players and bring some new players in. Mm. Right now it's difficult because you're signing problem players at best. Like say if Aubameyang or Coutinho or someone like that is available, is it worth taking a risk on a player who might be demotivated to keep you up? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, also as well as that, when you're looking at the Newcastle team, the form they've been in this season, who, uh, what type of players do you go for? Do you go for forwards to get you more goals? Do you go for defenders because you're leaking too many goals at the back? I would think you'd have to build from the back. As, yeah. as unsexy as it is, Callum Robinson, or sorry, not Callum Robinson, Callum, uh, Wilson. Callum Wilson is a very good striker yeah. who can potentially get you enough goals with Sam Maxman creating a bit at the far end. Mm. Their problem is the amount of chances that they concede. And yeah. I know they've had some difficult fixtures in recent weeks, but I remember I watched the Man City game a couple of Sundays ago and they were just ripped to ribbons. And when you when they look that out of confidence, if they could get a couple of good defensive players in, maybe a midfielder mm. to go in front of the defence, at least maybe they might be able to stop the goals going in. But it's uh, it's going to be tricky to stay up. Yeah, I don't think they're going to stay up, if I'm honest. Mm. Well, we'll see how they go. Crystal Palace confirming their match at Tottenham will go ahead this afternoon following widespread reports that game could be called off due to a COVID outbreak. Uh, Palace, it's understood, put in a request this morning, which was rejected by the Premier League. Their manager, Patrick Vieira, will miss the fixture after he caught COVID-19. Fixtures have to go ahead if teams have 13 outfield players available in their squad and a goalkeeper available to play. Ahead of that game, the Spurs boss, Antonio Conte, insisting that Harry Kane, who scored against Liverpool last weekend, has been totally committed since his arrival to the club yeah but Harry and uh, showed me great uh, availability and uh, showed me to be involved totally in uh, in Tottenham project and uh, uh, I see him uh, every day and uh, uh, I see that he's uh, he's happy he he leaves uh, um, the the training ground. Uh, he leaves the um, the dressing room, and uh, he leaves uh, during the training session in uh, in a fantastic way. And uh, um, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for uh, uh, for what I'm seeing every day. Meanwhile, Chelsea, who are in third position, attempt to move level with second place Liverpool. Their game against Leeds off today. The evening game, Aston Villa hosting Chelsea. And the Aston Villa manager, Steven Gerrard, also missing that game due to COVID. The Chelsea boss, Thomas Tuchel, says it's a challenging time for clubs across the Premier League. We are not only football players and coaches, we are also fathers and family members. So we are also concerned and uh, have uh, doubts and fears and, and uncertain situations, which is not nice. Still, we are privileged to do our job and, and to do what we love. Of the teams who are fighting it out for fourth place, Arsenal head to Norwich to prop up the table. West Ham hosting Southampton and that game between Tottenham and Crystal Palace. The late game at 8pm is Brighton against Brentford. Just four fixtures surviving in the Championship. They all kick off at 3pm today. Uh, a host of games being postponed due to COVID-19 issues. Blackburn can go level on points with the leaders Fulham if they win at Hull, while Luton will host Bristol City. The winner of Middlesbrough against Nottingham Forest will move to the playoff positions and Huddersfield will be in the top six if they can beat Blackpool. 
Crowds of just 500 in Scotland today as new rules kicking in in Scotland. As a result, the winter break has also been brought forward for after today's games. Celtic are looking to temporarily cut Rangers' lead back to three points with a win against St. Johnson. They've been going well, just coming up to half time. The Hoops lead by two goals to nil, about getting both goals there. He's now into double figures for the season. Rangers will take on St. Mirren from 3 pm. Third place, Hearts face Ross County. Strugglers Dundee, who've got COVID problems as well, they aim to avoid a fifth defeat in a row when they head to Aberdeen. Dundee United host Hibs and Motherwell will take on Livingston. All of the Irish provinces had due to be in action in the United Rugby Championship today with the Interpro Games postponed. Ulster were due to host Connacht this afternoon in Belfast. However, a number of positive cases in the Northern Province squad means that that will be rescheduled. Ticket holders have been advised to keep their tickets as they'll be valid for the new date when it's decided and uh, Munster's clash with Leinster was postponed on Thursday. The Christmas festival at Leopardstown underway today behind closed doors uh, due to changes being made on Christmas Eve. The Grade 1 novel steeplechase is the feature there. goes to post at 20 past 2 while Cheltenham champion bumper winner Sir Gerhard has opened his hurdling career with victory in the Thornton's Recycling Maiden Hurdle just a few minutes ago. In Limerick the Grade 1 action is the Faheen novice steeplechase. That goes to post at 20 to 3. While in the UK Rachel Blackmore will be bidding to cap off a remarkable year in style today. She's aboard the Gold Cup winner Manella Indo for the King George at Kempton. It goes to post at 5 past 3 and racing journalist Johnny Ward thinks Henry de Bromhead's charge has every chance in the race. Yeah, I'd, I'd give him a very good chance. The reports are that he's in great nick, um, wears cheek pieces for the first time, which is interesting. This is a race if you're if you're if you're listening in here and you really don't give a toss about racing, just have a look at this race because um, if you're not doing anything on seasons as a Boxing Day, um, because it's such a test. It's it's like a, the horses are turning pretty much almost the whole race or a lot lot of the race um, at a tight right-handed track for a three-mile chase. They're jumping at extreme speed, and um, you have a horse here in a for Lawrence who's Willie Mullins horse in the race he likes to jump out to his right so that's going to be a problem for him even at a right-handed track you have Manella Indo who really stays all day as he showed in the Gold Cup and you'd actually wonder is three miles here going to be a little bit sharp for him but I think Rachel will have him very handy and uh, you know it's going to be quite the story because it's Rachel and, and Bryony Frost has been in the headlines so much this year she obviously won that landmark case against Robbie Dunn in terms of bullying in, in the weighing room um, and she's bounced uh, back from her kind of from what was a courageous thing that she did she's bounced back from that and she's come out fighting and she's ridden very good winners she's riding fraud on the horse she's most associated with the two of them have very good chances I'd, I'd probably just prefer Melendo I think once he gets into a rhythm up front he'll probably stay on best of these King George going to post in just under an hour's time at Kempton did you stay up for any of the American sport last night Andrew? I watched the majority of the NFL or not the NFL the NBA the, uh, the big game with the uh, oh. I watched uh, Golden State yeah, I was going to say Golden yeah. State were playing Phoenix two yeah. top teams in the NBA so far this season yeah yeah absolutely Yeah, they, that's the great thing about the NBA is that they always make sure that the big teams play each other on Christmas Day and that's what uh, when you have the Premier League of course you're always going to have big games uh, the the big fixtures over the course of ten that 10 day period over Christmas but the NBA actually makes sure that's the best teams against each other and that really gives you something to really look forward to on Christmas Day you know you sit yeah. there you don't really have to pay attention to it and that's a great thing about uh, the American sports as well you, you don't necessarily have to pay attention but when it comes down to crunch time of it it's really really entertaining and as well as that it's so good to watch Stephen Curry to watch him just out there hitting points I mean what a he, glorious moment when he broke the three point record and they actually yeah. stopped the game to give a chance to actually celebrate it yeah. which is something I think in Irish sport we don't do half enough no. like Killian O'Connor scores the point a few years ago to go top of the scoring charts in the mm. GA 
and people actually genuinely had to go back over the records to just double check there was no <laughs> kind of grandstanding moment while Steph Curry you know got the fireworks essentially during yeah. the week yeah that, that kind of that's the other great thing about the American sports is that they always make sure to have that marquee moment in the game that they'll always make sure that they take that pause or they go to the ad break yeah, they take the time out for it whereas if you were to have that kind of thing in the Premier League it's just a little card comes up on, on the on the screen you put them on the screen for about 10 seconds and say oh he broke this record He's imagine if Harry Kane ever breaks Alan Shearer's record and they actually take a break <laughs> in the middle of it for a VAR decision so he can have a moment they give him the little John Terry you know, after 26 minutes <laughs> carry him off well last night um, I'll admit I watched a bit of the NFL I didn't, didn't stay up for uh, the Suns against Golden State in the NBA but Aaron Rodgers set the Green Bay Packers franchise record for the most career touchdown passes on his way to a 24-22 victory against the Cleveland Browns uh, Brett Favre went up on screen uh, have a look back if you get a chance on social media because mm. this is the least passionate video you will ever see <laughs> I get the impression that Brett Favre was hoping that Aaron Rodgers might leave during the summer so his record would stay intact uh, but he finished by saying look go on Aaron get us one more Super Bowl before you leave because uh, in all likelihood Rodgers will walk at the end of this season he completed 24 or 34 passes in all 202 yards and that was good enough for three touchdowns a very efficient performance uh, from the legendary quarterback there as Andrew mentioned Steph Curry in great form again last night 33 points Golden State Warriors regaining top spot in the NBA from Phoenix uh, beating the Suns in the end 116 to 107 uh, the LA Lakers were defeated by the Brooklyn Nets 122 to 115 uh, the Boston Celtics losing out at the Bucks by 117 to 113 New York Knicks even winning against the Atlanta Hawks 101 to 87 and the Dallas Mavericks losing out at the Jazz uh, Utah winning by 120 to 116 so some good tight uh, competitive games across the league last night and uh, if you were staying up late after your turkey sandwich there was some good entertainment to be had in the cricket England's cricketers are up against it once again after they were bowled out by Australia for just 185 in the third Ashes test today. The hosts finished the opening day on 61 for one in Melbourne and they're on the verge of wrapping up the series in three games. Joe Root was the only player to reach 50 for England. His side once again suffered an absolute collapse in the batting. James Anderson was England's only wicket taker shortly before the close of play and Australia are in an extremely strong position. Ireland are also playing in Florida against the USA in their test series uh, later on today. That one, the first test was hit by COVID with no umpires available to uh, do the first test um, it's, it's one of those for cricket BT Sport will be sickened <laughs> that they spent all the money on the ashes and it's on pretty much during the middle of the night anyway but it could well have two dud tests to finish it out if Australia yeah. win this third one I think if anyone yeah, anyone who's a big cricket fan would be able to tell you as well in going into that ashes series aren't exactly very strong in comparison to the Australia team so I don't think anyone was very confident in it so for BT in particular, if they were looking to get a big audience, I don't think they were going to get it. Yeah, and like they were bigging it up, obviously, understandably, on their Champions League coverage and everything in the first few nights. So they were yeah. stay up for the ashes. You know, <laughs> the football ends at 11. You get the build up ahead of the big start at 12 o'clock. Let's see how they get on to the Gabba. And then next thing, England get absolutely, absolutely swamped. thrashed. I think yeah. it started like first ball ends up being a wicket for Australia and they're just kicking from there. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be a big struggle for England to try and get back from here. And as will naturally happen, the Australians will celebrate and then next year England will be like, ah, we'll take them at home. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it kind of happens every time, doesn't it? Whenever they go to Australia, they seem to get uh, whitewashed into, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, when you, A clean sweep. Yeah. A, a complete cl- uh, clean sweep is what usually happens when they do travel over to Australia for the Ashes just shows how difficult it is to win away from home uh, the two goals for Celtic have them ahead 2-0 against St Johnson at half time so they should be bringing Rangers lead down to three points ahead of Rangers game at three o'clock uh, we're going to be in a moment uh, taking a look back on some of the best moments from the pay-per-views this year